Hi, everybody, and welcome to Joint Air Christian Lifestyle, the podcast where we celebrate diversity within the body of Christ. I'm your host, Shane Fritz, and tonight uh, I've got the special honor of introducing um, Reverend Stevie Kay, uh, who hosts Overcomers Meetings at Life Discovery in McSherry's Town. And uh, this is a message that he had burning on his heart that he wanted to share on the podcast. And so uh, he shared this message at the Overcomers meeting, and we just went ahead and recorded the Overcomers meeting. And so we're just going to share that clip with you guys this evening. And I know this is going to bless whoever hears it. It's coming out of John chapter 3, talking about being born again and what it looks like to be born again and put everything into action. So again... Uh, Stevie K from the Overcomers Meeting at Life Discovery. Enjoy. Okay, thanks. Um, this is a little different tonight. We're doing a podcast here, which is the first time I've been involved in one, but I heard a lot about them, and I do think it's it's a good way to reach out um, through the message of, of Jesus. So... I'm going to do um, a brief study here on John 3 because the um, most famous scripture I believe in the Bible is John 3.16. I grew up, they used to have signs in uh, the football fields and it would be John 3.16. And uh, now you don't see stuff like that anymore, so I think we got to keep it fresh. But... There's a whole passage which God showed me in every verse. It's like, how do you get to that verse? You've got to go through a passage, which they call it. It's just a, a short um, description of how did you get there. And um, so I visualized it as a tunnel that if you're going out to uh, Pittsburgh, you have to go through these tunnels. And... John 3.16 is in the middle of this tunnel, so if you're just going to go there, you're going to have to come down through this mountain and drill through this rock. Why not just go through the beginning of the passage and get what the first verse says opposed to the one in the middle? So I'm just going to read it. There's a lot of scriptures here. I'm just going to read from that. You don't have to be turning... You can write them down if you want. If you have any questions, there's notebooks over there to just jot it down. Um, because I'm just going to read and um, believe that I, I have an interpretation of what it is that it's saying here. Because it's pretty simple. That's something that, that I, I talked about before we opened up. The first uh, verse it was I was trained to meditate on this verse and to memorize it. Um, and actually my mentor said, I don't think God's really that concerned about the address, just know what's in the house. So don't get so confused if you can't remember where the verse is, just remember what it is. And that uh, was a good thing for me, but after a while you start to adapt to what that verse is and um, what the uh, Bible has to say about it, but I'm just going to start reading here in chapter 3. It says, After dark one evening, a Jewish religious leader named Nicodemus, a Pharisee, came to speak with Jesus. Teacher, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are proof enough that God is with you. 
Jesus replied, I assure you, unless you are born again, you can never see the kingdom of God. And I looked at that verse as, you will never see it. I don't know if you ever heard, you're going to hell in a handbasket. And that's sort of the way he showed me that people that don't believe or born again will just perish. So it's saying you will never see it. Jesus replied, I assure you, unless you are born again, you can never see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again. Jesus replied, The truth is, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. So now it's going, you can't get in. Um, St. Peter at the pearly gates, it's like, now I believe, boy, you can come in. You'll see it, but are you going to receive it? I say I'm not taking that chance. I'm just going by what the Word says, be baptized in water and fire, which is the Holy Spirit, to be baptized um, into the Holy Ghost. But in Mark 16, 16, um, sort of, you know, tells you more about how do you do that. You know, how do you get born again? Nicodemus says about crawling in your mother's womb. This man was over six, six, six feet tall or so. And, well, he didn't want to carry Jesus from the tomb. He had to be a big guy. How would you imagine crawling back into your womb? And that's, we'll get into that um, on the next verse here. It says, but one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch them and bless them. But the disciples told them not to bother him. But when Jesus saw what was happening, he was very displeased. There's another emotion, you know, that he, Jesus had emotions. With his disciples, he said to them, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I assure you, anyone who doesn't have their kind of faith will never get into the kingdom of God. And that's coming back to being born again is to be like a child. Like one, not childish. Like a child. And that, that was the part I had to struggle with. It. That part of it is what it is, is renewing your mind. Coming back to being like a baby. I don't know nothing, Father. It's your direction. I'm going through it right now, a pruning process, because I have no idea. I'm just about to, the Father's business. And that's a testing to, to keep going and, and keep straining, as Paul said, towards the prize. Being able to accept change and being able to change, you know, that's what it's all about. Being able to so just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. I made a footnote because what do you mean, Nicodemus said? I said, get a grip, Nick. You know, that was something that was like, but he's interested. And that's what I believe God is saying. Get interested in this. It's, you can't explain it. It's like turning the light switch on and you expect the light to come on. 
You know, there's so many things we do in the natural and we don't even question it. And here's something God is saying, you know, that it, you can't explain it, but Jesus replied, you are a respected Jewish teacher and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, I am telling you what we know and have seen, and yet won't you won't believe it. But if you don't even believe when I tell you about things that happen on earth, how can you possibly believe if I tell you what is going on in heaven? For only I, the Son of Man, have come to earth and will return to heaven again. I'm going to stop there because this next verse is was very challenging for me, but I, I'm believing he's saying that we got to totally depend on him. He has the connection. He is the intercessor to the Father. That we depend totally on him for what our, his will is for us and the power to carry that out. But you slip away a little bit and the next thing you know, they call it backsliding and you start losing that connection. And then you go to try to turn the station on and it's static. It's like, stay in the connection, is what he's saying. It says that, and as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so I, the Son of Man, must be lifted up on a pole, so everyone who believes in me will have eternal life. And that comes from Numbers, back in the old... Yes. Yes, but he's describing it as what happened in the desert with the Israelites who did nothing but moan, groan, blame, and complain. So that's basically what he's saying here. Is he said then the people of Israel set out from the Mount Hor, taking the road to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people grew impatient along the way and they began to murmur against God and Moses. Why? There's the, another word that I don't try. I try to stay away from why and just remember who and just do. Um, but this is here. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They complained. There is nothing to hear, eat here and nothing to drink, and we hate this wretched manna. That's where I would train the brain not to entertain nor constantly complain. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among them, and many of them were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses and cried out, we have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed to the people. Then the Lord told him, Make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to the top of a pole. Those who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of bronze and attached it to the top of a pole Whenever those who were bitten looked at the bronze snake, they recovered. So, I don't know, when you get bit by a snake, what is the cure? It's the venom that bit you. And, and what do you... 
So he lifted this up. What did they got to look at? The very sin that they, got, they committed, this is what fits you, but I believe he's saying recognize it and stop complaining and just do it. But that didn't happen. I'm going to get into the whole story. We know what happened to him. They never made it in. But that's what he's saying here. I was lifted up on a tree and carried your sin. Look at what I did for you. And that's why I'm believing that this passage here is telling us there's more than just believing. That's why I opened up with it. an overcomer that says it's by the blood of the Lamb. That means dying like Jesus did to the flesh. In the blood of the Lamb, you're covered in the blood. That's the only way it can happen is if you die to the flesh. By the word of your testimony, everybody has a testimony. I don't care if you grew up in the church and were holier than most of the people around you. That, I don't like that holier than thou thing because that's blasphemy, you know. But that's where people that grew up, you still have to change your way of thinking. And that's being born again. Some were born again. I was, if, I was John 3.16 at age 7. And by 13, the world got me. So, if I stood before the king at 21, I don't think he'd have said, well done, good and trusted servant. You're doing it your way. I never knew you. So, that's why I had to come back and do this step process, which, you know, first the, the, the first part is I can't do this. And, you know, that is in Mark 10, 13, 16. The world and preach the good news to everyone everywhere. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These signs are accompanied by those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name and they will speak new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and it, if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and heal them. That was after being baptized in water and fire, that the sign of a believer, it says here that we should be doing these things. So there's a little more than just believing. There's a requirement as a believer. And that's the part where I believe God is building his, his, his team to do this, you know, that, that we're here in a generation, you know, that we need to be recognizing what it is to be born again and baptized in the, by water and fire. So this is when we get into the, it says in verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. And that's good news. You know, the part of the, you know, the, he's not here to condemn us. You know, and he's given us a chance over and over again. I know I had it. And that's the part when I looked at other people, it's like, God, why didn't they have them chances? And that keeps me more in tune to the fact that I might not have another chance. And that's what I believe, you know, when we stand before him, you're not going to have another chance. So this is what a, a believer is. There's a lot 
required there to be died to the flesh daily it says after the word of your testimony to die to the flesh daily and to pick up the cross and follow me so now you got to follow Jesus it was in that devotion you know do what he would do and there was the bracelets out in them days that said what would Jesus do and we'll make a new one do what Jesus would do and that's the part of a book yeah it even looks better don't it so um, the first part is I can't do this and the second part is believe that he can do it so how do you do that that's part of believing is I told you that everything Macari ain't out there but that you need for the rest of your life you don't even need to believe in God and you'll have everything that you for the rest of your life to live in comfort but it's in my car you just have to go out and get it but you got to smash all the windows out set the alarm off and look for it and the cops won't come. Do you believe me? Are you going to go out and do that? I had to think. To, well, I don't know, man. The cops come, and I'm going to end up in jail. I don't. And that's what God said. If you believe me, you'll do it. You know, no matter what it is. He asked David to go dancing the road naked. You know, that um, I don't believe he's asking us to do them kind of things. You'll end up in a straitjacket in jail, but uh, maybe once you're there, too. You know, we talked about it's not the quantity of people, it's the quality of what we're doing when we minister the Word. So it says that God can, and this is one of my favorite verses, because you can use it everywhere. In, in Luke chapter 1, we just went through that season um, where this happened. And it's flying by. So uh, that's another part that I, I do believe that we need to, you know, be pressing in. If, if, if this is the end, then I would get as close to Jesus as possible. But in Luke chapter 1, um, let's go down to the end. Uh, it's about the, the birth of Jesus it says Mary asked the angel but how can I have a baby I am a virgin the angel replied the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you so if you ever hear higher power <laughs> he's the most high he's the, hi the higher there's nothing higher on the planet than us Buddha, Confusion, and, and Muhammad were all created. They're not no higher power, but if people want to use that, it's a dead end. Or actually, there is no dead end. It's, it's straight down. So he's calling him the Most High. Will overshadow you so that the baby born to you will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's already in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. 
He said, don't matter where you've been, what happened to you, I don't care how far down the scale you have gone, your experience will benefit somebody else. And with God, everything is possible. So that's the part where, you just, God, you don't, there's no way you could do this. And you just don't know all these things that I've done. And, and that's what holds the surrender up. The part of, I can't do this, he can. And now the difficult part is to let him. Turning your life and your will over to the care of God. And that is... James 4, 7 is just one of the small verses. I'm only using one out of many that are in this book to um, get you closer to Jesus. James 4, four 7. Yeah, let's we'll do that one. Actually, I'm going to read up... Yeah. He gives us more and more strength to stand against such evil desires. As Scripture said, God sets himself against the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will, doesn't say he might, he will flee from you. Draw closer to God, and draw, and God will draw closer to you. So there's an action there. It isn't just believing. We've got to press in and draw closer to God. What is your will for me? And that's what I'm saying when I tell people in one hour at a time, I'm just about the Father's business. I can't tell you what's going to happen in another hour. I'd like to go eat because I've been fasting all day, but it's like, I don't know. And yeah, that's... Yeah, that goes in deeper to the relationship. As you draw closer to He is divine, we are the branches. And we remain in Him. This is the part. When we remain in Him, then He remains in us. And we will produce much fruit because set apart from Him, we can do zero. That's where James says the prayer of a double-minded man's prayers are tossed around the wind of waves they never reach God. And I'm like, yeah, okay. But it finishes by saying, you should expect nothing from God. So that's the part of make your mind up, you know, was what I had to do is, is I'm done. You know, I can't, you can, and now I ought to let you. First, it's a decision. He doesn't make this. made a decision to turn my life over. I took that 23 years ago, but I held on to my will here and there until finally I just left go absolutely. And that was either hold on to anything I was, God would show me on this book. I don't want to do it because my book's ready to fall apart. But if I let go of everything and hang on to one page, what's hanging there? Yeah. All of it. Let go of all is what he's saying. And that's the part of the total surrender that I don't believe we can do it without each other because in... in um, Hebrews where he says that to support one another without birth to love and good deeds. We're lacking that right now because of what the world did with the shutting it down. People have scattered. But yeah, I believe we need to come back together without birth to love and good deeds and edifying one another. Yes, you can. When you fan the flame of a gift, that's what this fan the fire ministry is about. Fanning the fire is fanning the flames of the gifts in, in 2 Timothy uh, 1.6. 
It says to fan the flame of your gifts by the laying on of my hands, not taxing. I am so over that I can't communicate that way to the point that there's so much miscommunication. There was an old song that I go into music. Music is the message. I can pull out God in anything. Communication breakdown is driving me insane. And that, to that point where when we come together, it gives you more of an edge. And when Timothy says, by the laying on of my hands, I didn't give you the spirit of fear or timidity. They added that in the, the newer translation, timidness. Like, basically, oh well, God will handle it. You know, I don't need to do nothing. I just pray about it, you know. But that's where he said, no, you got to fight. You know, you got to, I'm going to read it about the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Um, yeah, I'll get down there. That's how we'll finish it. But um, this is just part of, of, of the process that we have to, to draw closer to God and then he draws closer to us. In John 14, this one too took me off guard. Is It says, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you all the mysteries of this book. So you're thinking, well, I could be a man out fishing just thinking about God. I don't need to be meeting with people. I'd rather be that than a man in church thinking about fishing. I believe God can be in a man in church thinking about me. Because that is where we separate from this... Um, Glenn. Um, relationship. Because when the greatest commandment ever spoken, they ask Jesus, what is the greatest one? This is the one I keep meditating on this. And he said to love your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's how I was adapted to it and then now it says and the second I'm believing when you love your neighbor as yourself you put God first you you what you've done to the least of these now you've done unto me so he said if you, you which the golden rule I don't even think that anybody even knows what it is in the new, newer generations was to do unto others as you would have them do unto you So, you're putting God first by doing and helping someone else. Wouldn't you want that done to you? And that was the part where I'm believing that, you know, coming together and helping one another, because it's in Hebrews where it says you forsake the gathering of each other. That's where, if you're not gathering, you're scattered. But these are all parts of it. If you're a believer, that, that we should be doing. So it's just not enough to believe. You know, well, I'm going to read why. Because this one here too caught me off guard. Because when they use the word fool, it's using language that shouldn't be put in the Bible. Because Paul said, I'm going to speak like a fool even though God doesn't want me to. He did it to get their attention. So he was probably saying some stuff that wasn't real nice to hear. He was trying to wake people up. I get it, did it myself. And it says, do you still, it's in um, 
James 2.19 or let's go to 17 so you see it isn't enough just to have faith faith that doesn't show itself by good deeds is no faith at all it is dead and useless now someone may argue some people have faith others have good deeds I say if I can't see your faith if you don't have good deeds but I will show you my faith through my good deeds so there's a scripture in Romans or it's in Ephesians it's it's not by works lest any man should boast it's by faith but by faith there'll be good works and that's what I use the level for is Jesus is our level it's like it isn't just sticking to one verse you got to use them all to walk in balance and that takes unity it takes coming together and helping one another with things I say if you hit a wall call before you fall you know to communicate is where I believe that you know there's as a believer these are things that we should be doing do you still think it's enough just to believe that there is one God? Well, even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. Fool! When will you ever learn faith without works is dead? So, there's more than just believing. He's even saying you're a fool if you just depend on believing, because the devil believes. And he's not going to enter the kingdom of God. So, I'm just going to end it with the simplicity is is keeping it simple because this is something that um, we're going to read here at the the end on how I train my brain to not entertain evil. It's that part where in the garden in Second um, Corinthians 11.3 and 11.3 I never even looked at it when it was the first time I meditated on it it's my birthday 1.13 uh, God speaks to me in numbers and um, I'm believing you know the uh, whole Bible was in numbers but it says that um I'm going to read it from the King James that it says, I, Paul was saying to the church, I fear for you that you will be deceived as Eve was in the garden on the simplicity that is in Christ. Don't eat it. I believe he's telling us just do it. Don't complicate it. You know, I said it, that settles it, let's do it. And that's the, the reason I believe just believing in one God is not enough. That we there's a requirement here to be born again, to be baptized in the Spirit, and then to gather is another part of the where the world separated. There's no other time in history. The whole planet shut down, and I can remember it like nine one one on that day when they say people just what's going on. They thought it's the end of the world. You know that um. A group casting crowns, I read about them. They were playing a concert in New York and they're ready to go on stage and they're telling them, you got to get a mask on and get out of here. And 
I mean, to just experience something like that, what do you think's happening? And that's where I'm believing, just believing ain't going to be a, a, a way up and out. That there has to be a, a where uh, God puts his um, judgment on people. I just want to again give a special thanks to Stevie K uh, for sharing his heart. It's a powerful message that uh, that he shared, and uh, you know, again, just the vision of the overcomers meeting is that we're all overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the power of our testimony. And so, if this is speaking to you and you feel that call to action that he was speaking about past just um, the initial belief. I encourage you to come get involved on a Friday evening at Life Discovery. Uh, it's a good time of fellowship. Again, it's just the encouraging and stirring up that we go forth and share the gospel in our neighborhoods, at our workplaces, in our schools, within our families. And uh, and I know that Stevie's heart is to is to encourage that in our local area. And uh, and so again, just want to say that that's always open to you. And uh, I know this has been uh, upbuilding for me. I'm sure it's been upbuilding for you. And so until we get to talk again, be blessed.